everybody, and welcome back to Airway First, the podcast from the Children's Airway First Foundation. I'm your host, Rebecca Downing. My guest today is Daniel Drew. Daniel, a native of Dover, Delaware, returned to the area to practice speech therapy after obtaining his master's degree in speech language pathology from MGH Institute of Health Profession. Daniel is versed in a variety of settings, including school-based speech therapy, outpatient pediatrics, inpatient rehabilitation hospitals, and acute care settings. Daniel treats patients at the Center for Airway and Facial Development and Pain and Sleep Therapy Center in Newark, Delaware. He is also a speech-language pathologist at Bay Health Medical Center in Dover, Delaware. During the initial COVID-19 pandemic, Daniel saw many of his clients in the hospital setting were having difficulty meeting their speech and swallowing goals due to high anxiety, pain, and stress. He implemented various breathing exercises into his speech therapy sessions in order to help his patients better participate in their inpatient rehabilitation programs. This led him to becoming certified in the Buteco breathing method. Daniel's strong desire to learn and broaden his knowledge brought him back to the pediatric setting after years of work in inpatient rehabilitation hospitals in order to pursue myofunctional therapy with both adults and children at the Center for Airway and Facial Development in Newark, Delaware. His foundation as a medical speech-language pathologist makes him uniquely suited to address common problems that were associated with myofunctional disorders. In his spare time, Daniel enjoys reading new research in sleep and breathing science, long-distance running, and weightlifting. You can find out more about Daniel at afdortho.com and by following him on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Mayo 302. And now, here's my interview with Daniel Drew. Right. Thank you so much for joining us today on the broadcast, Daniel. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just to kind of let parents know, um, and I'll put links and everything in our show notes, but if they would like to follow you on Instagram, you are Mr. Underscore Mayo 302. And um, that's actually where I ran into you was on Instagram, uh, saw Mm -hmm. what you were doing and totally fell in love with you. So thank you so much for being on the show. I love what you do on social. Thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah, I I was excited to hear from you. I was excited yeah. to, you know, get some word out. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of what I, I really liked is you take a very different approach to getting the word out and, and talking about myofunctional therapy and breathing on social media. So you tie it in with your daily life and humor, which I think is really great. And that's part of what caught my eye. So one of the things that you talk about is exercise-based myofunctional therapy. So let's just start with, you know, what that is mm-hmm. and just, you know, for our jumping off point. Sure. Um, well, so exercise-based myofunctional therapy, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, they, when they first hear about myofunctional therapy, when we have to explain them, we kind of explain it's physical therapy for like the muscles of the jaw, the tongue, the lips. Um, mm-hmm. I've been practicing speech language therapy for a, a very long time. And what I found with most of my, my clients actually was that um, they needed to practice. They needed to do the exercises um, two to three times a day. And when I saw when I'm working with children um, and when I saw working with adults is those persons who 
worked on those exercises and I could, I could tell based on palpation, um, and based on changes in function, um, I could tell that they were doing these exercises and these were the people who I, I, or I saw were having the most progress. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I very much stress the, the exercise component. It's not just doing exercise, but also stretches, massages. Um, but so that's kind of how I like to delineate myself a little bit. Um, not so much as a myofunctional therapist, but as a speech therapist, I think that myofunctional therapy is like a, just a great foundation for good speech therapy. Um, having good range of motion, good strength, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, loosening up tight tissues that are restricting. Um, and so that's kind of where the exercise based, uh, myofunctional therapy comes from. Oh, all right. And why did you choose on social media to take such a different, um, perspective as far as, you know, getting your message out there? Um, well, when it comes to, with, with humor, uh, I guess, yeah. uh, you know, people want to, they don't want to be lectured at. We, we know mm -hmm. that, uh, moms right. and dads, uh, uh, patients during sessions, uh, don't want to be lectured at. They want to, they want things to be fun. They want to learn and they want to laugh. Um, what I'm learning, I mean, I'm 35, not the youngest person, not the oldest, but, uh, what I'm learning is that the attention span is uh, sometimes pretty limited. So you got to put something yeah. out there funny and mm -hmm. that's how you'll, you'll kind of get people's attention. And um, so I, I'm also getting, uh, I would say a little bit more comfortable with myself in front of a camera, which is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and the way that it's I do that get used to some, some nervous laughter probably to yeah. start. And then, um, and then a little bit more, uh, you know, let's like really make this fun. Like uh, talk with a silly voice, um, you know, post everyday problems that you have, um, in the home and how you can, how you can do breathing exercises while you're doing your household chores or, um, while you're making your coffee, um, or, you know, things like that. Working in your basement with your nose strip, for example. Exactly. Working oh, in the basement, chipping away at point uh, paint. Yeah, I love that. So clearly, um, you know, nasal breathing and health, that's your passion. You know, where did this, this passion, where did it come from? Oh, wow. Um, um, to keep it short, or man, can't even, uh, like about three no, years just ago. Just go for so, it. So I've, um, I've been a lifelong, like kind of, exerciser runner if you will um so running was always a hobby um all the way back to like high school cross country track and field i was one of those uh those guys um and about three years ago i was really having a hard time um i was getting short of breath uh, i was getting headaches legs cramping up and wasn't able to run as far as i used to be able mm -hmm. to and i was just like what is what is what is going on and I came across this book uh, by James Nestor, or not James Nestor, uh, Patrick McCown, called the uh, the Oxygen Advantage, mm -hmm. and I found out that I was hyperventilating. Um, so as soon as I was running out the door, I uh, uh, I found that I was 
breathing through my mouth and I was breathing fast already. And I, uh, as I read the book, I was like, oh, for what? I, I just started running. I don't need to breathe like that. And then, right. um, of course, I found that, uh, you know, nasal breathing is most optimal for physical right. activity. Mm -hmm. And that was just a huge paradigm shift for me um, because I thought to myself, how come, how come nobody told me how important is to breathe through my nose? Like in all my life, in 30, well, I guess at the time, 32, 33 years, no one ever once told me doctor, nurse, teacher, or coach, basketball mm -hmm. coach, cross-country coach, nobody told me about like the importance of nasal breathing. Um, so I was amazed and I'm like, I'm still amazed. And I knew that I needed to be that person at that point. Um, I needed to, to kind of change my focus and be that person who it stresses the importance of nasal breathing. Right. And you know, it's, you make a, a very interesting and valid statement. It's something that I have heard a lot on the podcast, but you know, up until recently, you don't hear about nasal breathing. It just, you know, yeah. just, we didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So what, where is this coming from all of a sudden? All of a sudden it's, it's just like this light has gone off everywhere and everyone is talking about it. And it's, you know, we're, we're all pushing, you know, in the same direction to try to get this message out. I mean, it's content is just so available now. And, um, I think that that has something to do with it. Podcasts, um, uh, d these books. I mean, when I initially started, I mean, I started with the oxygen advantage and then I read breath by James Nestor and mm -hmm. then, um, just book after book, um, on breathing. Um, I think COVID was a really, really big wake up call to a lot of people. Mm, I, right. I know that that changed me um, as I was in the inpatient rehab setting at the time. And um, I had a lot of clients who um, just couldn't really participate in therapy because of like stress, anxiety, and like pain. And so I couldn't really work with them on their speech or their swallowing because of all these other issues going on. And I found that like, you know, incorporating breathing exercises is, was, was something that was helping my patients to actually work on their goals. Um, but I think, I mean, you know, there's a lot of factors um, that have kind of, parents are asking questions. Yeah. They're asking questions. They're not, uh, you know, doctors, um, speech pathologists, myofunctional therapists, um, you know, we know what we know. Other people know things that we don't. And um, people are asking more questions and they're seeking answers from multiple sources and they're doing their own research. And it's amazing. It's great. I love it, it when people question. Yeah. Yeah. And ask, you know, what's going on? And are you also starting to see a lot more referrals coming in from pediatricians and dentists? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the, one of the, I, I think the biggest things is a myofunctional therapist is the, the education aspect. Um, we're not just educating um, parents, um, we're educating kids. Um, we're, we're going to dental practices. We're educating the dentists. 
Um, we're educating speech language pathologists um, because in my experience, you know, in schooling, I, I didn't really look under the tongue too much. Um, I, yeah, as a, and as a, I, I would, I just, I, I think that it's a missing part kind of from a lot of speech language pathology curriculums. Um, and I just, I find that that's becoming like education is becoming one of the, one of the things that's helping to garner those referrals. Pediatricians mm -hmm. are looking, looking for help. People are looking for help. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you work um, in your practice, you work with children and adults, correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Tell us a little bit more about you know, your practice. Where are y'all located? And just a little bit more. Sure, sure. So we're, we're located in Newark, Delaware. Um, mm -hmm. We're called the, the Center for Airway and Facial Development. And um, our sister practice is called the Pain and Sleep Therapy Center. We have a practice in Newark, Delaware, and we also have one uh, near the, the main line in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So um, the Pain and Sleep Therapy Center is more so um, adult-centered um, clients with TMJ, um, sleep apnea, and um, issues of the, of the like. And then so our new center, the Center for Airway and Facial Development, is, um, is a pediatric-focused um, center working on intervention through um, early intervention and through prevention. And, you know, we, we saw, or Dr. Robinson, the, um, our triple board certified, um, like TMJ and sleep dentist. Um, and he's mm -hmm. the, the individual who does the functional plasty procedures. Um, he noticed that a lot of his adult patients, I mean, we, they developed into these issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you research, like more about uh, pediatric growth and development, we see that all of these adult issues could have potentially been prevented. Um, right. And so then that's what kind of spearheaded him to open the Center for Airway and Facial Development with uh, our other pediatric dentist, um, Dr. Joanna Green. And um, so that's, well, I mean, we offer early intervention consults uh, for, um, babies, toddlers, um, up to, um, up to like a uh, school age. Um, we do, or Dr. Green does fixed expanders. Um, she uses the ALF appliance. Um, we do myofunctional therapy consultations. Um, obviously, uh, you know, pediatric phrenectomies and functional frenuloplasties. Um, but it's all centered under one in one place. Um, mm -hmm. I work in collaboration with um, another myofunctional therapist, uh, Lauren Reinholdt. She has a background in registered dental hygiene uh, and my backgrounds mm -hmm. in speech language pathologies, um, medical based uh, primarily. Mm -hmm. So we have like a good together, we have a really good base of knowledge. Um, again, we have uh, Dr. Green who does, uh, she does structural development and uh, She's very familiar, obviously, with pediatric growth and development. And then um, mm -hmm. um, in the future, we're looking to, I mean, occupational therapy, feeding therapy, um, you know, maybe in-house body work, such as craniosacral therapy. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
stars are the limit. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I love that you're doing all this, all of this together. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. We're seeing a lot more of this, this kind of cross-functional team work yes. in, in practices. I mean, our, our core values are compassion, innovation, uh, collaboration, which is so important. I mean, myofunctional disorders, they rarely, rarely exist in isolation. Um, there's other things going on in the body, um, potentially like allergies. Um, and so we need to, we need to educate and we need to, um, we need to collaborate with other providers and, and speak with them and ask for their help. Yeah. Yep. And I am hearing a lot of that. This kind of whole body approach is really moving more to the forefront. Um, and for our listeners, I'll put a link because, um, couple of podcasts with uh, Dr. Hall and then Dr. Tasha to talk about the ALF appliance and cranial sacral just mm-hmm. to make it easier for parents. Um, I, I want to, you know, get a little bit more specific now if we could on something. Sure. Um, so when you're resting your tongue in your roof of your mouth, we talk about this a lot. You know, and, and I've, I've said in other podcasts, I always try to do this, which I'm sure parents are doing when they're listening to it. We all try to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What does it look like? <laughs> so when you're, when you're trying it at home, how do you know if you're doing this correctly or if you have a tie? Ooh, yeah. Um, so that would be, um, well, what I would recommend is you schedule a consult with a myofunctional therapist. Um, right. Uh, uh, you know, we... we we would gather some some objective information, um, photographs, and just review that with the client. Uh, potentially, um, in our office, we do the um, CBCT scan in order to get like a really good picture of the whole airway and how the craniofacial development um, has been progressing. Um, but yeah, in order to um, rest your tongue to the roof of the mouth, um, mm-hmm. I would say. We, it's difficult for, uh, for us to really put, we want the tip of the tongue mm-hmm. on the spot or right behind the two front teeth on that little piece of skin where right. we would typically um, maybe burn on a piece of pizza. Um, and then we want the middle and the back of the tongue fully up. And this is me all the time in sessions, putting my, my hands up. This is your tongue. Right. Okay. Um, and if you're able to suction your tongue gently to the roof of your mouth um, comfortably, um, that's kind of an indication maybe you don't have a tongue tie. But if you're you're doing so and it's effortful and um, there's other muscles that you have to engage, um, like in your neck or in your eyes as you're lifting your tongue up, um, mm-hmm. then that's kind of an indication of either like a tongue tie or a tongue restriction, um, but it could also be low tone, low tongue tone. Um, many of my clients, it's really difficult to determine whether there's a tie until we do exercises. You're listening to Airway First with today's guest, Daniel Drew. 
You can find out more about the Children's Airway First Foundation and our mission to ensure that every child has access to screening, evaluation, and treatment of all children's airway disorders before the age of six on our website at childrensairwayfirst.org. The CAF website offers tons of great resources for parents, including videos, blogs, recommended books, comprehensive medical research, and so much more. We also invite parents to join our Facebook support group, The Airway Huddle. The Airway Huddle is a group for parents of children with airway and sleep-related issues. You can access the Airway Huddle support group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash Airway Huddle. Are you interested in becoming a guest on Airway First, or do you have an idea for an upcoming episode? Then shoot us a note via the contacts page on our website, or send us an email directly at info at childrensairwayfirst.org. As a reminder, this podcast and the opinions expressed here are not a medical diagnosis. If you suspect your child might have an airway issue, contact your pediatric airway dentist or pediatrician. And now, let's jump back into today's interview with my guest, Daniel Drew. Yeah, and you mentioned tongue tone. So I've heard, I've you know read that in some other stuff. What is that exactly? I mean, is that are you literally talking about just like in your arm muscle tone? It's the same thing. Yes, it's it's a similar thing. The tongue is a, is a muscle. It's a really important muscle, and um, the tongue ideally should rest against the roof of the mouth. And if it's um, if it's not strong enough, that's one thing that can potentially limit it from from reaching the roof of the mouth. Um, so, I mean, signs of low tone can be like lots of, um, when you stick the tongue out, lots of quivering of the tongue, um, um, really just difficulty elevating the tip of the tongue, maybe the back of the tongue. Um, but tone or function is one of the first things that we're, we're looking at in our evaluations. Um, and that's an important thing too. I mean, if you see a frenum, that's, that's one thing. I mean, of course, this frenum may be holding the tongue down, but also the tongue might have become weak because that frenum's been holding the tongue down the whole, this whole time and it hasn't been able to elevate. Mm-hmm. Um, and other muscles have been, again, compensating and trying to help out, trying to help the tongue reach up there. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So, um, and they can't see us, but I just kind of want to divert a little bit because we were talking before before we went live. Yeah, before we went live, um, behind you, there are some books and, um, we've, we've got several of them on our website, but I just wanted to talk about a little bit, um, because obviously you've read these and these are things you probably recommend to parents. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to speak to these a little bit, especially the ones that are for kids, because we don't see a lot of those. Mm -hmm. So we have, um, breathing is my superpower. That's, um, Mm -hmm. one of the good ones for, I think that this is a good, uh, school age type of book, um, teaches a lot about, um, you know, it's, it's an empowering book and it Mm -hmm. kind of teaches uh, children about how, you know, we can change our breathing. We can control our breathing. And when we control our breathing, it can have an effect on our emotions and our behaviors. And um, it's a good kid-friendly way to kind of um, to kind of explain 
um, something that is complex, um, breathing and um, often like we're not educated too much at a young age about the importance yeah. of breathing and proper breathing. Um, so yeah. I like that book. And then there's a couple of other ones behind it that are for, let's say, toddler age. Um, uh, the one um, Lick and Sniff uh, by Matthew Van Fleet. Um, those are really good um, from a sensory motor approach, I think, for children. Um, we, I, we definitely recommend those in like early intervention uh, are like uh, one to maybe three or four ages, getting kids um, just exploring uh, what they can do with their tongue, licking, mm -hmm. and uh, like the importance of their nose with uh, this, the sniff book. Um, those are definitely recommended. Um, really good reads and really good kids love them. They want to read yeah. them every time they come into my office. They always see the breathing is my superpower. Um, and they always want to read that one together. I love that. And I, and I'll definitely put links in the show notes, but part of why, you know, I, they caught my eye so quickly trying to explain this to children. I would imagine this is, you know, as a, I'm just coming at it from a parent, but, you know, as a professional trying to explain to children why these exercises that you're teaching them are so important. I would think resources like this are really helpful. They are, they are. And uh, we know Patrick McCown is just the best when it comes to putting these, this information out there for, for children as well. I mean, um, the ABCs always breathe correctly is one of my favorite books as well. Um, and all of his pediatric resources are, um, you know, available online, um, mm -hmm. getting, getting kids to understand it. Um, he's, he's great at that too. I mean, I, I took his, uh, certification course in the Buteco breathing method. And that's mm -hmm. one of the, one of the first things that he mentions is this, how we, how we get children to, um, understand this. And how do we get children to care about breathing correctly? Yeah. Um, well, because it's going to help you with sports and athletics. Um, all of my little boy clients love it. Um, all of, um, all of my adult clients like that aspect as well. Um, sure. it's, um, one of the aspects too, of, you know, nasal breathing is, uh, makes us look a little bit, it makes us look more intelligent. Um, and, um, it helps us to, I mean, regulate our, our behavior better. It helps us to remain calm. Um, and so, I mean, Patrick McCown, I can't say enough great things about him and all the books um, mm -hmm. and the courses that he's, again, my foundation started with the Oxygen Advantage program at, as my, with my background as an athlete. So mm -hmm. now I'm just continuing to absorb the everything pediatric can, focus. Yeah. yeah, everything that we can. Right. And that's something else that I have found a lot with um, guests on our show, just lifelong learners and you're just grabbing more and learning more. And I think that goes back to what we talked about earlier. That's helping to get the message out because the more we're learning, you know, the more we're sharing. Exactly. I was yeah. sharing with Dr. Green, um, our pediatric dentist. Uh, we're, we've been sharing research together recently that we've discovered. Um, and we're, we're looking at when, when a, a person comes in for a consultation, 
um, we're looking immediately at the chief concerns um, that these people are, are, are having about their children. And then we're, we're finding research articles that are specific to the symptoms and the diagnoses that, that these children are coming to us with. And we're showing these parents that we can, with conservative, with conservative measures, we can, we can treat this. Um, and asthma is a very good example of what we've been looking at a lot recently is, um, sure, um, there's, a, there's a place for, for medications. There's definitely a place for medications to treat asthma. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the Puteco breathing method, there's a, a decade almost more of, of research of using breathing exercises to, to lessen the severity of asthma symptoms. Um, and in my adult clients, COPD. Um, wow. And so it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, I, I would never put two and two together for asthma. I mean, I, I, it makes sense for some of the things I would expect that you're seeing like ADHD, mm -hmm. you know, but mm -hmm. did not see that the asthma connection coming with that one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're, you're talking about breathing methods and that's something else that we're hearing a lot of talk around lately. And it, it's not always clear, you know, breath work, everybody keeps using the term breath work. So I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, what, what is that? And what are, what are these exercises look like? Oh, that's excellent. So what is breath work? Breath work can encompass a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, it can encompass um, regulating the, the rate at which you're breathing, um, slowing your breathing down. Um, it can involve breath holds, um, doing breath holding. Um, there's different methods. Um, you know, the, the Wim Hof method is one that um, is one that uh, has been researched pretty, pretty recently. Um, there's box breathing, which um, the Navy SEALs use to help with, uh, you know, when they're putting their bodies through really, really rigorous physical conditions and mental um, strain. Um, we have a lot of research in hospitals about uh, pursed lip breathing, and diaphragmatic breathing. So um, what it looks like is probably gonna be different um, for each person. Um, so if we wanna be specific to children, which yeah. I love, the breathing yeah. exercises for children, a lot of times are games. Um, games that involve um, blowing, um, mm -hmm. ex practicing extending your exhale, um, blowing longer and blowing with a more controlled rate, um, inhaling ideally through the nose, um, right, right. and lots of, um, exercises to, to teach children like the sequence, breathe in through your nose, out through your nose. Cause many of, many of the clients that I work with, uh, they have a, a habit of, especially when they're speaking, I take a deep breath in through my mouth before I start speaking. And yes. um, we want to kind of retrain that habit, get them to breathe in gently through their nose before they're speaking. Um, but when we're working with kids, we got to make it fun. So blowing pom-poms mm -hmm. across the desk, um, humming is an example of a, uh, Great breathing exercise to help to decongest the nose. Humming is. 
Yeah. Um, singing is, is great, is great for kids. It's great for adults. Um, it's improves bagel tone, um, improves our mood, lowers our blood pressure. Um, there's so breath work can encompass so many different things. Um, but it's going to be kind of dependent on what the client needs. Right. Um, so if I have a child who comes in with, uh, significant nasal congestion and, um, we do the, the CBCT and we just see that there's a lot of inflammation. There's not really any like, uh, you know, significant, like let's say structural obstructions like the adenoids, then we would recommend a, a nasal hygiene regimen mm -hmm. and a few breathing exercises that involve maybe light breath holds and humming things that they could do in the bathtub, humming to songs, the happy birthday song, mm -hmm. um, things like that. And these conservative exercises are very, very helpful in determining if, you know, if after two, three weeks, maybe longer of consistent practice with these exercises, if there's no change, if there's no improvement, then we need to look for other help. We need to uh, look at other things that could be causing this inflammation. Maybe there's something in the diet, something in the environment. Um, oh. Maybe we do need a referral to an ENT. Um, maybe the nasal hygiene regimen that we offered, um, we need to step it up and send, again, send, uh, send a child to an ENT to uh, have like an expert really determine what, what that requires. What could possibly be going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the CBCT and um, we're seeing this come up more and more, especially with airway dentists specifically. So for, for our parents listening, can you just kind of at a high level explain what that is and how that helps you as a myofunctional therapist? The CBCT is, uh, it's really uh, imperative for getting some objective information about how a child is growing and developing when it comes to the craniofacial complex. Um, we can see the position of the jaw joint. We can see um, the adenoids, the tonsils. We can see the turbinates within the nose. All these things are important in order to determine if there's barriers for, for potentially making progress in therapy. Um, they, they point to potentially like a root, the root cause what's causing, um, issues with these children. Um, the CBCT can also show us tongue posture. Um, it shows us where the teeth are coming in and mm -hmm. if the teeth are coming in correctly. And this is the importance of early intervention because if we're not keeping an eye on the, the baby teeth coming in, then we're not really keeping an eye on the, the bone growth that's occurring in our, in our child's craniofacial complex. Um, my personal story um, involves, um, so I grew up in, in Dover, Delaware, and mm -hmm. uh, my parents took me to the dentist as often as they were supposed to, probably. And um, by the time I was about 10 years old, I had really, really bad crowding. Um, I had my, my canines were, were way impacted. Um, and at that point I was 10 and, you know, my, my orthodontist at the time 
my parents at the time, they didn't really know like what we know kind of now. And right. so I, I had the, uh, the four premolar extraction and I had braces and, uh, my te- my, my smile is okay. Most people would say, um, yeah. but, um, we didn't know what we didn't know. And it can, we need to keep an eye on these, these things because they can, they can affect us into adulthood. And now I see, mm-hmm. um, with my, you know, uh, my small, my smallish airway and, uh, the root cause of all of it was I had a tongue tie. My, my tongue was restricted and, um, I didn't have any speech issues as a kid. I didn't really have any feeding issues. I was on a processed food diet, I would say, as a child. So that probably is like what led is. to, yeah. So yeah. that's probably, yeah. So that's probably what led to, um, you know, in a, inadequate bone growth. And um, so early intervention is really key. And this is this is kind of another. It's my story. Just. It, it all brings me back to here. It's like, this is why I need to be doing what I'm doing now. So, you know, the, the clients that I work with now, the kids that I work with now, we don't want to take your teeth out. Uh, we don't want that at all for you. We want to make more room for your teeth. Right, exactly. Yeah. And um, I, I think that parents love that. They love hearing that, um, especially the parents who also have had many teeth extracted and uh, are learning, hey, maybe that's not the best idea to take out, you know, an adult tooth um, uh-huh. that's, that's doing okay and it's, it's healthy. Um, we need that. Yep, absolutely. I, I, and I love that. And it's, it's so interesting to me how many people, you know, we come across now, you know, children's airway, that as adults, here we are sitting here with the repercussions of what, you know, our parents thought they were doing the right thing. Exactly. And I feel so bad talking about this with my mother. I really do because I, I, know. I want, I want her to know how appreciative I am of like, I mean, I'm an only child too. So, you know, I'm her only son and I, I love her to death. I love, I love my smile. I love everything about it. Um, I just, you know, I want her to know that, hey, like, this is my mission now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to help people so that they don't have the issues that, um, that I'm going to end up developing, probably, unless I somehow reverse it and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, get expansion, which I will do in the future, or, uh, or get implants, which I'm not too sure about. Um, but then also, you know, I, I worry about my mom because she snored my whole life. She snored my whole life. Um, right. You know, when I look at her now after, I mean, when I look at her, her, her mouth now, after knowing what I know, I'm like, oh, this is, this is why. Um, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I had a tongue tie. Uh, both of my parents had, have pretty thick fascia under their tongues. And, uh, you know, to, to my mom, she's a. Uh, uh, again, love her to death, but um, I will say mentally inflexible slightly. Um, so trying to explain to her that a tongue tie can cause all of these these changes to a person's breathing and uh, and swallowing and things is she's not really buying it yet. but um, you no, know, you got to plant the seed and that's what I'm mm-hmm. doing to start. Yep. 
Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think there's a lot of parents that are, you know, like us, they're kind of in this position now and it's like, okay, now what can we do? But that are even, you know, I have, my children are seven years apart. So mm-hmm. I look at things in my oldest child that I just totally missed. I had no idea. And so, you know, here I am trying rapidly to course correct with her sibling, just mm-hmm. no, you will not have that. We're not pulling your teeth. Mm-hmm. I mean, five years from now, we're going to be looking back at maybe even this conversation and changing our minds about some of our, the, uh, the, what we think is fact and what we think is, is best practice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a parent, you know, you're constantly evolving in your mm-hmm. parenting techniques and, uh, you know, doing how the best you can. Except all parents are doing the best that they can for their children. And, um, you know, you can, you can only do like, you, you only know what you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So at the end of every episode, I always just like to turn the floor over to our guest for final thoughts or, you know, anything that you would like to say to parents or any message you want to leave us with? Oh man. Um, well, I would, I would obviously want to, um, Thank you for, for inviting me on your podcast. And uh, I, I want to plug, you know, the, the Center for Airway and Facial Development in Newark. Um, any parent uh, who has concerns about their child's, uh, their sleeping, their breathing, their feeding, their speech, I would really encourage you to reach out, um, you know, ask questions and go with your gut how many times I need to tell that to parents. Parents know yes. so much what is what is normal for their kid and what is not normal. And um, and the parents, they have their 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 child's their child's well-being, the best well-being in mind. And so I I like to say go with your gut. And if you have questions, ask them. Look for research get opinions, get second opinions, um, mm-hmm. and work with a network of providers. A myofunctional therapist is relative as, is somebody who's very rare to come by, um, these days so far. Um, but we're hoping that that changes, but, um, talk to your speech, your speech language pathologist, talk to the occupational therapist, um, Talk to the teachers in the school about what you're observing um, with behavior and uh, talk to your pediatrician, um, but ask questions and uh, going with the gut about your feelings is, is just imperative. Um, really uh, at the Center for Airway and Facial Development too, we're just, our mission statement is to advocate for the overall health and well-being of your child, we use like a comprehensive and collaborative approach to work on optimal growth and development through early intervention. Um, we often call this like our growth guidance program. Um, mm-hmm. So we want to check on during that initial consult how how the person is how the child is coming in, and we want to track and we want to help assist. And like really promote optimal growth and development. So we don't um, we don't 
need to see you at the Pain and Sleep Therapy Center. Dr. Robinson said uh, his his goal in his in his lifetime is to put his own business out of practice. If uh, that is if an he, awesome goal. If he, yeah, to to early intervention, um, you know, to fix a lot of these problems. That way, he he might not have any adults with TMJ or sleep apnea to fix. Um, I think we're a long way from there, but um, but I think that that's an awesome awesome goal, and um, mm-hmm. it starts with one person. It starts with one person. I agree. I agree. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I, I'm so thankful for, for having this conversation as well. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, look forward to conversations in the future, hopefully. Absolutely. Thanks again to today's guest, Daniel Drew, for sharing his medical insight and to each of you for listening to today's episode. If you're new to our podcast, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review or comment telling us about what you enjoyed most. You can stay connected with the Children's Airway First Foundation by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Or join us via our Facebook parent support group, The Airway Huddle, at facebook.com backslash groups backslash airway huddle. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for an upcoming episode, shoot us a note via the contacts page on our website or send us an email directly at info at childrensairwayfirst.org. Remember, this podcast and the opinions expressed here are not a medical diagnosis. If you suspect your child might have an airway issue or sleep-related disorder, contact your pediatric airway dentist or pediatrician. And finally, thanks to all the parents and medical professionals out there that are working hard to help make the lives of kids around the globe just a little bit better. Take care, stay safe, and happy breathing, everyone.